2: the abraham lincoln radio studio at the george washington broadcast center
0: jack armstrong and joe getty the armstrong and getty show it's
3: this simple from one of your blue check mark uh you know race baiting people out there on twitter i think that will smith should wait looks at hands Oh, hang on, I'm white, so maybe I don't need to have an opinion on what a black man did to another black man because of what he said about his black wife. Maybe I should just shut up and listen, says this person who uh, travels in those circles. Oh, golly. You're not supposed to have any comment on a a major societal story if you're white and it was black people.
4: Exactly. And these are the same folks who believe that there is nobody of any race who can uh, fairly judge someone of any other race or ethnicity as part of a jury, for instance, or a judge or a boss, for that matter, which is about the most racist thing I've ever heard. No kidding. No kidding. You know, getting back to a previous discussion about uh, California's edging ever closer to uh, reparations for the descendants of slaves, uh, it would sound better in Latin. But uh, the state slogan ought to be fantasy defeats reality or something like that (laughs) or or, or, mount up your unicorns, folks. Again, that would sound better in Latin. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, oh, this is exciting, folks. It's been a while. It's time for a Tsunami of Wokeness special schools edition.
0: You know what woke means? It means you're a loser.
4: There's
1: a Tsunami of Wokeness. There's a tsunami of wokeness.
4: It's worth it. Just to do for just for the theme. It's if I were to say that's all, folks, it'd be fine. It'd be worth it. Uh, So the tsunami of wokeness. I came across an interesting editorial by Nicholas Lanham, who was writing about the fact that on uh, in the mainstream media you get simultaneously. All sorts of people and he names a bunch from uh, hostesses on The View to panelists on cable news to ABC News simultaneously denying that so-called critical race theory um exists outside of our nation's law schools. It's a it's a obscure uh, legal doctrine, but simultaneously they use all the words and phrases, all the slogans of it, systemic racism, uh, you know, that sort of thing, saying it's not a theory, but it's a fact. The system is rotten to its core. White Americans carry white body supremacy. White, black Americans call, carry black body trauma. So they're, they're systematically teaching it and denying it exists, which is if you understand the critical theory world, that's part of their strategy. They think everybody's too stupid to accept it. So you have to bamboozle people into accepting it. So anyway, that's just kind of the overarching umbrella to a bunch of uh, school-related stories. The Edmonds School District, Washington State, is pushing woke gender identity ideology on first-graders. First-graders. First-grade students were given a lesson plan titled Gender Identity, which asks students to make a snow person based on how they identify The instruction stated, think about what we talked about in class about gender identity. Make your own snow person. Tell me how you identify yourself. The assignment provided a gender diagram teaching six and seven year olds. Sorry,
3: I can't get I just can't even get past snow person. I can't hear any other words since you said snow person.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you have to label the uh, where the snow person's junk would be. You have to label that for yourself. Am I male, female or neither? In the, uh, you know, the groinal area.
3: Because so, this is again, just such an important thing to talk about all the time with everyone 24-7. I mean, it's just the only thing on anybody's mind all the time. It just, I, well, well, ah, will we ever escape
4: this? And again, you, you can criticize Ron DeSantis if you want. Public schools in Washington State are teaching this to first graders. That's unfortunate freaking believable
3: you know how you know how wrong that is to mess with a little kid's mind because the vast vast majority of us the vast 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 majority of us, like nobody's certain yet but it's got to be like 99 and a half percent never doubt for a second in their lives whether they're the gender they thought they were as little kids so almost all of us never deal with this the idea to put into a little kid's head who's trying to figure out the world, and all they do is believe adults at that age, that you might be a boy, you might be a girl. You know, don't jump to conclusions. Why would you mess with a kid's head like that? You're, right. It's like you're going out of your way to make them insane. It's just to bear out your
4: own it's theories. It's yep. just yep.
3: plain cruelty.
4: San Antonio parents are angry at their local elementary school. Again, elementary school, because the critical theory folks want to indoctrinate your kids young. Trust me on this.
3: God dang it. Please don't say to my five-year-old, put in their head, that I know you think you're a boy, but you might be a girl. Why would you do that to impressionable little kids Like who, like I said, all they can do is take in the world through adults and try to figure mm-hmm. out what's real into that? You're, you people are crazy. And sick.
4: Anyway, so uh, children at a local San Antonio elementary elementary school were segregated by the color of their hair. Nobody explained what was going on. The children in one group were told they're not as smart as the others. It was supposed to be a lesson on racism, but parents are furious that neither they nor their kids were told about it ahead of time. The parents uh, that uh, spoke said they want their children to learn about racism and civil rights, but they felt like this went way too far. They were separated according to hair color, with one group receiving preferential treatment. All of the dark-haired kids, the brown and black-haired kids, were treated as the privileged ones, and the blonde-haired and red-headed kids were treated not so nicely. Then the teachers told the students, you lighter-haired kids are just not as intelligent. The group was purposely given a game with pieces missing so they could not play. Later, they were made to clean up after all the other children. Uh, one mom says, uh, my daughter was hurt. Her friends, she uh, named to the principal of this district, uh, several of her friends were crying. And then they were shown the Spike Lee documentary, Four Little Girls, that included graphic autopsy photos of the girls' bodies. What age was this? About the uh, Alabama
3: church bombing, elementary schoolers. Wow. So, How so you, at, hey, hey, I got an idea for you. Teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic. How about you do that? It was only
4: after the segregation and cruelty lesson that the teacher explained, hey, all that stuff about you're stupid. And we rigged the game, by the way, to make you look stupid and stop crying over there. Uh, that was to teach you about racism. Now, sit down and watch the Spike Lee documentary, which the district later apologized for, saying, no, it was age inappropriate with all the graphic horrifying
3: footage. Because teaching about racism and sexuality seems to be the number one goal in America for, for teaching that's what, what every kid is lacking. That's right, 100%. Not, not any of the STEM stuff, science, technology, English, engineering, math. Not English. I don't care about that. That's not certainly really. not not
4: history, because that's systemic racist history.
3: Uh, but uh, how do you get
4: off this, this far off the rails as a culture? How about this one? Middle school math teacher, Fort Riley, Kansas, called a student, Miss, to get the student's attention at the end of class. Excuse me, miss, we're still working here. After class, another classmate emailed the teacher to let her know that the student now used he, him pronouns in a different first name. But the next day when, when the teacher... Uh Ms. Ricard used the student's last name avoiding the new name or any pronouns I, at all thinking good, I don't know plan. what's going Johnson, on. Johnson, get over here. <laughs> the classmate, not the person involved but a different classmate grew even more frustrated and angry, leaving a note on the teacher's desk accusing the teacher of being transphobic. The note ended with a remark on the classmate's own gender, uh, gender identity. My proto- pronouns are he/they by the way. So uh, this teacher was then uh, brought down to the principal's office, lectured with some after some disagreement with school officials on how to the, s- handle the situation. She was suspended and later issued a written reprimand for her refusal to comply with the district's policies on diversity and inclusion, now suing the school district.
3: Well, we, we uh, have gone out of our way to convince the next generation that the most important thing in the world, and two important things are... All about race and uh, gender and sexuality. I mean, those, those, those are the number one things to think about from when you get up to when you go to bed every single day. The and content of your character is like 53rd on the list. Or learning math. Or whatever else, other skills you need to go out into the world and be able to freaking support yourself. Now, everything has to come through the lens of how wrong you are being treated by society around race and gender. And this finally, is not going to end up anywhere good, you realize. You're not going to have a very productive society. And if your kids
4: are in a public school, I would ask them what they are learning about this stuff, what they're being taught oh about my this god! And finally, we've gone from elementary to middle schools. Let's touch on a high school. A Virginia high school teacher is under fire for calling efforts to make kids behave in class the definition of white supremacy. Josh Thompson, an English teacher at Blacksburg High School, posted a since-deleted TikTok video attacking the Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports Program, which is probably wildly progressive in itself. The teacher called the techniques to reduce disruptive student behavior white supremacy with a hug. That's a quote. Quote, it's things like making sure you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you're in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in a passive stance is not a thing that's in many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture. This keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. Which brings us, though we don't have time for the whole thing, to an absolutely great piece I read by a young black man who calls himself Steve QJ. The progressive rebanding of, rebranding of racism. And then he goes through the history of it. But he talks about people like this high school teacher and another one who thinks that asking his students to sit quietly or following directions is the definition of white supremacy, or this tweet that claims that people of color live in a certain kind of terror of white people. Every time I stumble across one of these uniquely moronic examples, I find myself asking the same questions. Why do the most fragile, bitter, ignorant voices act as if they speak for us all? How is it progressive to suggest that black children are incapable of the same behavioral and academic standards as their white peers? How exactly is this trend of undermining the intelligence, maturity, and humanity of people of color any better than good old-fashioned racism? And he goes on brilliantly in some detail. Maybe we'll share a little more of it with you later. But it's all a tsunami
3: of wokeness.
1: There's a tsunami of wokeness.
3: Uh, thank you. Um, uh, Mike Lyons, uh, a little bit later in the hour, talk about where we are in Ukraine and that whole situation. What is DeliCore, the hot new fashion trend that you should be aware of? And um, was, Salami bra center. I was going to re-mention the new study about drinking that says drinking is not good for you. That whole it helps your heart or whatever thing is wrong. So. Or you could mind your
4: own business. <laughs> so <that's> just a <laughs> little counterpoint. <laughs> that's all coming up.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some business news. FedEx just announced that after more than 50 years, its founder and CEO is stepping down. Yep, on his last day, he'll be driven home and then thrown onto his front lawn. (laughs)
3: That's pretty funny. (laughs) And well-delivered yeah silly but funny so we played this earlier this is making the rounds this clip of uh, supposedly Donald Trump commenting on Will Smith I think we have the answers to what's going on here here's how this sounds
0: Will looked at him and smacked him it was really great other people should do that Will Smith is a really great guy and I love what he did to the wise guy so Will Smith I congratulate you that was great I only wish you hit him harder wow dude
3: so we were trying to figure out, and I was just assuming there's no way that can be real because the media would go crazy, you know, Trump obviously coming out in favor of violence and blah, 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 that would just, you know, fed into the Rachel Maddow show. Uh, somebody said the clip is from 2012. Somebody had assaulted Will Smith on the red carpet and Smith and Will had, oh, had smacked him. Oh, yeah. a Russian incident, yeah. Some man tried to kiss him. That was what Trump was reacting to. Yeah, some prankster, some publicity hoe
4: who uh, tried to kiss Will Smith on the mouth in the uh, the, uh, the press line, and Will
3: Smith smacked him. Uh, the Academy is having an emergency meeting today as to how to handle this situation. You're, you you missed your opportunity. Taking away his Oscar seems, I don't know, that seems ridiculous to me. But um, uh, you should have kicked him out of the theater the night he hit somebody. You You missed your opportunity to do anything, so go back to being... Somebody I don't care about, Academy. It's <laughs> easy for you to say as a white guy. White people shouldn't be commenting on this at all, according to uh, certain activist types. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Uh, a poll came out, which says something about America. Two out of three people think Will Smith should be charged for slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. Two out of three.
4: Assault and battery, man. Come on, I know the law. Uh,
3: got an opinion on that? personally yeah
4: i'd say if chris rock wants him charged charge him if not this is a fairly minor act of violence
3: um i don't know r- r- run up as as a non-famous person to somebody at uh, the next gathering and smack them in the face and see how that goes do i down. get to See, wow, see how cool. that turns out. I, I don't think it's because just- I got a list. <laughs> no, it's it's up to the
4: slappy. I think in in a case like that, there are some places. places There's a story out of Montana where a guy raped two women, oh. and for some reason they said, nah, you, they just give him a suspended sentence, and so the prosecutors and judge agreed, okay. Didn't put him in jail. I I couldn't believe it. Uh, You know, there are some instances where society has an interest in it. If somebody's that dangerous, they need to be taken care of no matter what the victim says. But in this incident, I'm just I'm not that worried about it.
3: Um, We're going to talk to Mike Lyons coming up in the next segment. Talk about Ukraine and all that sort of stuff. So we will hit on that story. But park goers headed to Disneyland in California. will notice something new. When they go now, so no more ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls on any of the rides or displays or anything that they've been saying forever. They're going to go with the non-gendered greetings in an effort Please not to... do
2: not use yeah, gendered language we know. To, we... to address All everyone.
3: Right. All right, shut up. In an effort not to offend anyone. Folks with an
4: X, <laughs> welcome to Disney World. Disney World stands on land previously owned by the blankety-blank Indians and the so-but-so uh, so,
3: I so, so what are we doing now? So, okay, so you can, uh, you can be born a woman and decide you're a man. Okay, fine. But then you're a man, so why are you offended by, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? So this is for the one millionth of a percent that identifies as neither and would be offended, and we're going to adjust the way we run society for the one millionth of a percent who claims to be neither.
4: Disney, you're dead to me. That is so crazy. Except for the so streaming. Crazy. I enjoy the streaming.
3: That is so crazy. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Over the past several hours, the governor of Chernihiv, uh, that's that city just northeast of Kyiv, that the Russians conceded uh, that they would be, uh, they claimed that they were pulling back some of their forces from there. The governor of that region says that shelling continued in that city overnight and uh, that shelling continued in the outskirts of Kyiv. Of course, President Zelensky saying that the, the uh, fighting continues in other parts of the country, the shelling continues in Kharkiv in the northeast. And as as I mentioned, in Mariupol. So that feeds into the skepticism that, you know, many Ukrainians feel that this is just a repositioning of Russian forces.
3: Is Russia actually uh, backing down from their earlier goals or just repositioning and uh, they're lying to the world once again? I saw some new drone footage of Mariupol that was just incredible. It looks like when those F-5 hurricane or tornadoes hit a town right. and just level everything like you can see the foundation it's amazing so
4: to discuss the question negotiations and a number of other interesting topics please welcome to the show major mike lyons a decorated member of american armed forces sought after commentator on cable and broadcast networks etc uh, mike how are you sir hey good morning guys great to be back uh, indeed, great to have you. So given what you have observed uh, from the Russian military, the Ukrainian military, the stalemates, et cetera, and the promises of negotiation and pullbacks, what do you make of the current situation, both militarily and
1: diplomatically?
5: Well, first and foremost, we cannot believe a single thing that the Russia uh, leadership says, not not on any level. This stuff about uh, drawing back out of Kiev, going uh, north to Chernobyl, to me, looks more like a a reorganization, kind of in a regroup in order to do a counterattack. They're getting away from a very competent guerrilla force that uh, the ukraine military has put together uh small units uh, eight to ten individuals with javelins uh, with, uh sup- with the kind of support that is just absolutely wreaking havoc on uh russian military units there and they've just said enough and so they they've got to get out of there now they're, they're going to give up places that they've taken with blood and treasure which is just again unheard of that a guerrilla unit is able to do this to the russian military so what's happening up there i think, I think it's just kind of a reset to try to get those units on offline because they're doing so poorly in the south mariupol remains their primary objective they have to have it in order to kind of complete that land bridge that goes from crimea to the rest of the russian federation and and maybe when they take that maybe that starts some kind of negotiation as an off-ramp or so but i wouldn't believe a word they're saying about scaling back any military operations
3: well if it just continues militarily how do you see this playing out over the next weeks months how long do you think it lasts
5: I think it goes for months and it it plays out until Russia says enough uh, in that you know it, it feels it can save face let's say maybe can try to um, you know continue to pound down the ukraine civilian, but it just doesn 't look like that 's going to happen and it just gets back to that old expression about you can you know pound people into submission, but unless you 're going to be successful taking it on the ground it 's not going to work, and they 've just not been successful with the military units that, that are there you know for example they 're not able to have what 's called interior lines in the military, and what that are, that is is the capability to reinforce. Units within poorly worked operations, all those units that are in the north and to the east right now can 't help the units in the south because they 're five hundred miles away they couldn 't possibly get units and troops and, and equipment there with any kind of speed or urgency to, to affect the battle there so So Russia has failed from a strategic perspective on a military side however they're going to claim they 're going to try to claim victory some way, and if they claim it by taking that south and those cities along the baltics or along the, the Black Sea, then maybe that 's it.
4: Well, we know you're not just a military analyst, you're a student of history, and it just seems like surrendering that territory to Russia sets a, a, a moral and practical example. It's
5: just repugnant, just tough to take. It does, but what it'll do is it'll redefine now a new boundary, and I think that's what's going to be most important, um, and it'll at least stop the fighting, it'll stop the killing, so that there's a positive aspect to that. Um, but um, I, I, you know, the West is going to move in very quickly, pretty quickly once it's safe to rebuild Ukraine and um, that's going to be a now hard border between you know, Russia and the rest of the world, and let's hope that Europe and the rest of the world now creates the pariah that Russia needs to be and doesn't do business with them. I mean, again, there was no deterrence to keep Russia from invading Ukraine. This whole liberal idea of these countries getting together, and if we're all tied together economically, they won't wage war on, on each other. It just didn't work out here. Uh, the, the the Germans now are going to look for different ways to, to, to supplement their energy. They're not going to buy from Russia anymore. Now, Russia will get it from someplace else, India and China, But the, but the bottom line is I think they've got to really do a tremendous job isolating Russia for a long time, for years, until their leadership changes.
3: Uh, New York Times is talking about the question they're asking in the Pentagon is, how did we misjudge the Russian military so badly? You have any idea? Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, a couple of reasons. First of all, it's not in our interest to over you know to undersell what they are because that doesn't buy us weapons in, in the pentagon that doesn't, mm. you know so, so we have to make sure that we overestimate what their capabilities are but all of the other factors that went into this the fact that uh they're using conscripts the fact they don't have good leadership the fact that they've not been able to really do airland battle or blitzkrieg by synchronizing forces from the air and the ground um, we they, and they all bring mass to the table they, at the end of the day they still brought two hundred thousand troops into Ukraine and that alone now we're watching them throw these troops you know literally into the fodder and, and just having them killed for, for no reason but um, but we're going to continue to underestimate our enemies as, as, a, as a matter of fact in order to overestimate our Pentagon budgets I think that's a big part of it
3: oh that's interesting but we all everybody I mean miss miss uh um under uh, overestimated Putin I mean we all had this view of him being this crafty kgB genius three-dimensional chess yeah and it doesn't look that
5: way at all
4: well no, unless I, though unless yeah. his goal all along has been the land bridge along the south along yeah. the coast i don 't know
5: yeah, I think he would have liked you know to take Kiev, change the government and, and thought that possibly was going to happen and and given the distances, I would have thought that they would have been more successful in the north they were they were prepositioned in Belarus, they had less distance to travel, they still couldn 't get fifty miles into the into Ukraine and, and take the city, or even even th- really threaten it. They're only threatening it by the strategic weapons. So uh, there's another one of my colleagues at the Modern War Institute, John Spencer, who's an expert on urban conflict, and we're talking about the urban conflict. And I'm like, John, it's not happened yet. We haven't. We don't have it yet. They, all, all that they've done is surround the city and they're shelling it. Uh, from artillery and, and cruise missiles, that's not really urban conflict yet I would have thought by now you'd have tanks in the streets you'd have fighting you'd have a lot more things happening inside Kiev and it's just just hasn't happened yet
3: well, uh, explain to people what a big deal it is, and nbc's now saying nine russian generals have died how How unique is that in the history of warfare
5: it's unheard of and and that's because these guys are coming down to the execution phase of what's happening and I mean they're literally directing traffic i mean i I guess I mean the fact that they're so close. To the fighting, They're, they are likely being targeted. I, I want, there's one thing we're providing in a way that's not talked about now is, is level of intelligence to the Ukraine military that is probably in real time and likely a lot of it has to do with where those generals are as we know where they are based on our satellite technology. and like, I, We could read name tags and foxholes down to the ground there, right? So so I'm sure that we've passed a lot of that information on to the Ukraine military and it's, it doesn't surprise me that the special forces operators within Ukraine are targeting those general officers on purpose. Now again, the fact that there have to be so close to the fighting just shows you how inefficient their military is because you know, they have to feel that they have to lead that forward. I, just, just beyond the pale to think that they've got to get down and, and literally almost direct traffic on, on things that are going down there.
4: Uh Major Mike Lyons uh, last question for me anyway Mike uh, we came across some really interesting and troubling analysis of the strength of the German forces that we talked about last yeah. week uh yeah. boy you talk about a paper tiger there only one of right. th- one out of 3 warships is actually ready to sail for instance what is the state of of NATO forces and and do you think there's a chance to whip them into shape anytime soon
5: well, you, you, when you bring them all together, if you tie it all on a bow, it looks big and it looks great and it looks good. The problem is it's just not in one spot and it, and it wouldn't do anything. So let's say they attacked the Baltics and they were there. It would take NATO six months to muster the force to kick the Russians out of the Baltics or, or to defend or do anything like that. Yikes. The German military in particular, yeah, the German military in particular, I, the, the Russians have lost more tanks than the German military has operational right now. It's just, beyond again, crazy to think how far Germany has gone. And, you know, remember the last guy, the last president said, You know, Germany needs to step up and and get with the program. Well, they're finally doing it, and it took this threat from Russia to do it. And these are two cultures that have been at war at some point for the last, you know, 100, 200 years. So it just surprises me over this last generation with, you know, Angela Merkel about their reliance on Russian oil. They outsourced their energy to their country, and then still now they recognize the fact that they could be overrun in 50 or 60 hours. Now, again, the, the military and the Russian side has shown us. That they're probably not all that, and you know, and, and there's things. However, the, the Russia has capacity; they have capability to shoot cruise missiles. They could land in Berlin, they can land in London, they can land in Washington D.C. anytime they want.
4: Major Mike Lyons, military analyst. Mike, thanks so much for the insight; we appreciate it.
5: Great guy, thanks for having me.
4: Absolutely, uh, you know, to that point, it's been extraordinary to see public opinion in Germany change from their. You know, naive unicornian pacifist, everything will be fine. Stance to the German people waking up. I mean, and waking up in huge numbers, saying we got to build a military, we got to be strong.
3: It went from fifteen percent to ninety percent in terms of supplying arms to Ukraine. Fifteen percent in February to ninety percent now. Meanwhile, down the road in Poland, I just read
4: enrollment in Poland's equivalent of the national guard. It's a uh, a volunteer force of citizen soldiers. Uh volunteers for that have septupled seven times as many. The, the, droves and droves of Polish citizens are saying, Hey, train me up, get me ready. If you ever need me,
3: call me. Well, I would hope that would happen. Mm-hmm. If that were happening on our border, I would join up. You you look at you know, you have the ability to turn on the TV and see what it's like for these people in Ukraine who've mm-hmm. lost absolutely everything, maybe forever. Yeah, if you're not willing to stand up and fight for that. <laughs> so, to a very
4: large extent, I see the countries in NATO waking up in a way that's really encouraging. My only question in the modern world is attention span.
3: Yeah, it's a good Does one. Does that wisdom last? Yeah, what if a movie star slaps a comedian? You know. For instance. Um, so, speaking of that, two-thirds of Americans think Will Smith should be charged with something. The New York Times is going with this opinion piece. I'll read a little from when we come back. Jaden Pinkett Smith shouldn't have to take a joke. Neither should you. So it's
4: not the season of healing. It's slapping
3: season. Yeah. Well, if anybody makes a joke that uh, you find offensive, apparently. Uh, That and other stuff on the way.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
2: this apparently verizon customers have been receiving spam texts from their own phone numbers (laughs) it's weird when you get a text from yourself at 2 a.m that says me up (laughs) meanwhile at&t customers are like ha ha that's what you get for using a company that has cell service (laughs) oh
3: that would left a mark um I must have signed up for something in the last week or so where I gave my phone number or I suppose any anything I signed up for sold it to somebody because they get to do that whenever they want. But my my number, number of robocalls that I get has exploded all of a sudden. I mean, where it's just it's like every five minutes. Hmm. I just have to leave my phone off and ignore all phone calls, which is awesome when you miss that call from the doctor or the school or the whoever was trying to get back to you or the... You tried to book a therapist appointment for your kid a month ago and they finally get back to you because you can't answer your phone because every time you answer it, it's a robocall. And as we all know, all that does is feed into the algorithm that it's a live phone. So you get more phone calls. Something needs to be done about that, because right now, anyway, my phone's almost un. my phone numbers almost unusable. Yeah, Yep. It's practically to the point that it's unusable as a phone number, as a way to get a hold of me. Well, and every
4: effort to crack down on this sort of thing has failed pretty miserably. It seems it, to come and
3: go in waves, doesn't it? You it have does. waves of calls, and then they leave you alone for a while. W- what do uh, smart people do about this? Is the smart thing to do to like get a new number every so often? That's such a pain because I- I've had the same number for twenty five years, and you know,
4: you're asking me what smart people do. How would I know? <laughs> I Plus, think, I read it somewhere.
3: As I, I think about it regularly, because I feel like this number is almost on. I if I give you this number to call me, you're not going to be able to get a hold of me because I'm not going to answer the phone because I can't. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, um, I can't believe that there continues to be fallout from the whole uh, Will Smith slapping. But some of this stuff is pretty interesting. Jada, this is from the New York Times, an opinion piece by a woman named Roxanne Gay. And what is she? She is the author of a book or something. Um, Jaden Pinkett Smith shouldn't have to take a joke, and neither should you. This is a defense of thin skin, and it is a defense of boundaries and being human and enforcing one's limits. It's a repudiation of the insistent valorizing of taking a joke. Oh, wait
4: a minute. Wait a minute. This is the record. You are six and a half seconds
3: into the article, and my ass is already tired. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, I have a comment on this, uh, um, uh, of having a sense of humor. It's a rejection of the expectation that we laugh off everything people want to say and do to us.
4: Um, It's a
3: Hollywood awards show. That's what they do. You dope. Well, and besides that, on a bigger uh, society level, I have this conversation with my kids practically daily. One of them, I have to... You know, give the little speech about you just got to learn to ignore people who say stuff like that, because kids are constantly, you know, you know how kids are (laughs) just you're constantly trying to annoy someone or pick on Mm -hmm. somebody or whatever. And you just have to learn. She is apparently against the idea of learning to just roll your eyes or not even really hear when people say crap like that. She be baited into every conflict uh, possible. In defense of thin skin. That's an interesting. one. I'm not going to teach my kids that. Wow. I'm to not sure. Phrase uh, Churchill. Stop and throw rocks at every single dog that barks. I'm not sure it would serve my children well to convince them that no, th- you should be really bothered by this, and and they're the ones who are wrong. Okay, well maybe maybe that will serve you in life. I don't know. Of course, the New York Times comes up with that angle. Find that troubling. Uh, Florida is warning of a new drug, much more powerful than fentanyl. Yeah, I saw this. A new Crazy. drug, twenty to one hundred times stronger than fentanyl. There's got to be a limit, right? Fentanyl's already a drug that if you get tiny little speck in it, it's gonna you're gonna die. What's the point of 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 a drug that if an atom is in the same room, an atom of it hmm. is in the same room as you, you die? As I've said before, I would think. You reach a limit of how it's a good business model because all your customers are dead. Well, all, if all of them were dead, that would be a
4: problem. If most of them were addicted and a couple of them were dead,
3: there's where you really make some money. Isotonazine. Isotonatazine. Isotanazine. <laughs> The kids just call it ISO. Okay. Uh, Is so strong that it can kill just by coming in contact with someone's skin or being accidentally inhaled. According to the DEA, it's manufactured in China. Shipped to Mexico and then smuggled in the United States. I think the chance that this is not on purpose by China is low. What do you think? Well, if I can make money while I poison my great global opponent, uh, please, where do I sign up?
2: come on, China!
3: Part of the whole authoritarian argument is that capitalist countries are decadent societies. And Mm -hmm. that would play into their view of us perfectly by thinking, oh, yeah, we can kill off a chunk of their population by getting this drug in. And they have open borders. Crazy enough, and they're right about that. Crazily enough, they have open borders, so you can just get the they can get the drug across the border easily. So yeah, For sure, I think China's uh, killing off a chunk of our population. China's,
4: China's asshole. That's a good point, sir. Uh, Khrushchev's hold. We will sell the, the, sell you the rope you hang yourselves
3: with. Well, we're not going to hang ourselves, Khrushchev. We're going to OD. Sell us some <laughs> drugs. ISO is linked to overdose deaths all across the country, and um, it's growing. They say so. We'll probably be talking about this in coming weeks and months
4: coming up the biden family is absolutely a business conglomerate interested in selling influence and access and getting rich they also
3: run a fake charity but nobody cares and there's audio of a woman who freaks out because she can't find her car in a parking garage it's kind of gone viral and it's pretty funny so i guess we'll mock the unfortunate. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> Coming up next hour, mocking the unfortunate. Wow, you had to put it like that. <laughs> Makes you feel bad about yourself when you put it that way, doesn't it? I won't put it that way anymore. A little bit.
0: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. More
3: Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts.